I'm gonna start this episode off with a little bit of a say their names. Let's let's see. Uh, there's Sergeant Tess Detterling of the Rancho Cordova Police Department, who refuses to release the name and identity of a white male officer who was on video um, beating and punching a 14-year-old black child um, for quote-unquote resisting arrest. And Sergeant Tess Detterling, a white cis woman, said, the youth should not have resisted arrest, and this is hard on the officer involved. Um, Sergeant Tess Detterling still has a job. Um, The officer in the video still has a job. And for some reason, not many people know their name. So I'm just going to give you that, that name. Then there's um, a, the district attorney, Michael Gravely, the district attorney in Wisconsin, presided over Crystal Kaiser's case, um, who was a 17-year-old who killed her. Um, sex trafficker and abuser Randy Villar, a licensed man even though Michael Gravely the district attorney had enough evidence to prosecute him prior to his death for sexually assaulting, trafficking and abusing over a dozen um, black girls. District attorney Michael Gravely still has a job Um, Crystal Kaiser is uh, being charged with murder, still on trial for murder um, but Michael Gravely has a job, is still on the case, um, and has not been sent to prison. So you might want to say their names. And then we have Derek Chauvin, um, the officer who killed George Floyd. And then we have a, another name that you might know, which is Jeff Burlew. Jeff Burlew is a writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And Jeff Burlew thought it was prudent to um, not only misgender, uh, but to defend the misgendering of news outlets, um, WFSU um, of Northern, I believe it's of Northern Florida, and I think they're also affiliated with NPR, um, for pretty much bringing up the arrest record of a black person killed by police, um, Tony McDade. Um, killed by police just yesterday. Um, killed by police whose officers whose names have also not been released. Um, these people who get paid to be journalists not doing any work on that front. But Jeff Burlew thought it was great to put Tony McDade's arrest record in the article rather than to, you know, find out the names of the officers involved or to investigate the circumstances around um, why such force was used on Tony McDay and why Tony McDay was killed and shot by Tallahassee police in broad daylight. Um, But instead of doing that job, Jeff Burlew thought it best to um, belittle Tony McDay and to misgender Tony McDay and to also uh, defend news outlets who are also participating in misgendering uh, Tony McDade, news outlets that are affiliated with NPR. So that's one person's name to say. These people still have their jobs. The WFSU media still exists. Um, I know that, you know, just some casual uh, sleuthing work by black Twitter, you know, maybe took an hour for Amy Cooper to lose her dead-end job at a bunk insurance company. Uh, but you know white people are still asking what could they do then there's some other names you might want to know or might want to say um one being senator democratic senator from california diane feinstein republican senator out of georgia kelly loffler and republican senator out of oklahoma senator james inhoff the department of justice has decided to drop 
a insider trading investigation into the three senators um, who pulled stocks, um, massive stocks, um, sold massive stocks um, right before the stock, the stock market crashed as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. So following early, early findings of the coronavirus that they had been tipped off to, um, they sold um, off a great deal of their stocks so as to avoid any financial fallout from the pandemic. Another name that you might not know is of the CEO of Dunkin' Donuts, David Hoffman, um, who makes around maybe $5 million per year, um, you know, sh- shucking nasty-ass, dusty, crusty-ass coffee. Um, but what's important to note about David Hoffman is that is another name that you may not know, and that name is Marquia Nelson, who was a manager at a Dunkin' Donuts in Largo, Florida, who needed extra money for rent and is now and who was making nine dollars an hour and you know was charged with grand theft. They said that she was stealing money or stealing wages. Um even though she made $9 an hour, but the CEO of Dunkin' Donuts makes $5 million. So these are all names that I just want you to get interested in. These are all names that, for reasons that we all know, are hidden from plain view, are hidden from the media. We still don't know the name of the officers involved in Tony McDay's murder. Um, and there's still been no charges filed uh, for the people who mur- murdered George Floyd. Then there's another name you likely know, Amy Klobuchar, the vice, now I guess, vice presidential hopeful or possible running mate uh, for Joe Biden. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, when she was a district attorney, I think some people only thought maybe Kamala Harris was a, um, a state prosecutor, but the only person who could possibly um, have ties and be hella chummy with the law enforcement or police. Um, but Amy Klobuchar, while people weren't watching her, really looking at that, Amy Klobuchar um, actually declined to prosecute or press charges against Derek Chauvin and other officers, a part of the Minneapolis police department, despite them having multiple, multiple complaints of excessive force um, already filed against them. Um, Amy Klobuchar could have possibly saved George Floyd's life in some sense. Um, if, Derek Chauvin would have already been fired and prosecuted. Actually, Chauvin was later placed on leave when he and other officers shot and wounded an indigenous man in 2011. Um, Klobuchar declined to bring charges in more than two dozen cases in which people were killed in encounters with Minneapolis police. They're choosing to prosecute very small offenses, and there's no guess who those offenses um, disproportionately affected or who were the um, offenders uh, to the state, which is normally black and brown people, especially in Minnesota. It's no surprise Joe Biden, who has active sexual assault allegations against him and is going on a smear campaign against um, his victim, it's no surprise that he would want Klobuchar to be his running mate. They seem like a good pair to me. So there are so many names. There's so many names that we don't know. You know, it's it's just a mystery to me that white people would sometimes say, you know, I don't know what to do and what can we do? Um, you know, what can we do? 
you know, white people is organizing. They've never been the best organizers. I'll admit that, you know, their organization don't, you know, go no further than Marie Kondo. You know, that's about as much organizing as they're going to do. Or maybe they'll, you know, maybe FaceTime with P. Diddy, like Amy Schumer, maybe, you know, bump gums or, you know, rub shoulders with Chris Rock and, or some other black skin in white mask. So say their names, all their names, you know, Lana Del Rey, Justin Timberlake, say their names, say all their names, say them all the time, get them fired. And moreover, don't stop there, get them prosecuted. And some of those names, you know, might hit too close to home. There's so many names we don't know. We might want to start saying their names. People participate in a black genocide hiding in plain sight. There's also a name that we all know, likely, especially if you live in New York State or if you are a proponent or a, a, a fan of wisest men in public office. That person's name is Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, who called homeless people sleeping on the train during the pandemic, and I quote, disgusting. There's also a landlord bailout bill that's being proposed by state assembly members in New York, um, even though rent has not been canceled here. There's only been a very light moratorium on evictions. Um, but what New York State and Cuomo is proposing to do is actually give landlords the right to sue and um, evict tenants um, and collect rent from March 1st, even though. Um, through the end of the crisis, even though March 12th or 13th was the day some of the shelter in place ordinances went into effect here. Um, there's a bill right now called A10522 or S08419 um, that is going to provide $100 million directly to landlords. They don't have to apply for this. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to make repairs for it. Nothing. Um, there's a hundred million dollar, it's part of a hundred million dollar relief package that New York already got. Um, it is unclear if undocumented families will be able to apply. This bill allows landlords to garner wages and go after people outside of housing court. Um, the bill only covers a part of some families rent, um, from April 1st to the end of July, even though there's no date as to when. A vaccine will be found. Um, so, yeah, this is Andrew Cuomo. This is people who love and revere and compare to Trump. And, you know, that seems to be about the only name that they know. Like I said, some of these names, if we really knew them all. Um, and when we do know them all, they'll they'll really, really hit very close to home. I will have an info sheet in the description of this podcast or a link to an info sheet. Um, so folks can call the elected officials in Albany and demand that they vote no on this bill and actually just cancel the fucking rent um, and give homes to people with housing insecurity or who are homeless. Since housing is not considered to be a human right in a inhumane um, colonized state such as the one that we live in in the United States. <laughs> Karen cost me a fortune, cookie that's laced with that merit. I'm high while praising the Lord. I cannot give a fuck. I said, remember the Sabbath, rest and recover tomorrow. We gon' be back in the Saturday. I cannot give a fuck. Cause I got none to give.
Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rat. Who are you? This is Ebony <laughs> coming at you. He, him pronouns. You know, if y'all don't know what this is by now, y'all should probably read the bios that are, I think, in the description or something. I don't know. Read the description of the podcast. Um, <laughs> whether you listen to this on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify, these descriptions are key. So you can definitely read those and get the world of what the episode is going to be about, but also just what the hell this little diddly is about this podcast itself. So, And Ebony works really hard on those descriptions and they're really, they're really, really good. So I, I implore you to go back and read them, take five minutes or less to read those because they are written very well and are a great synopsis of this podcast, but also have a lot of resources in them too. He's very humble. Can't promise that all the time. You know, I'm trying to work <laughs> on my brevity. Um, so, you know, I, I do try to, I'm going to begin to cut back, not on the resources, but cut back necessarily on the copy. Um, that's just all how I feel. I think this is one of those great times where we should have a baked in or like um, pre-recorded intro. Yeah. Um, like shoo, shoo, shoo. Yes. Hood rat to hair rat. It, yeah. it, it might be great. Yeah. Right. So we don't have to do it with <laughs> so somber we, voices. <laughs> so we don't have to do it at, at, at our true disposition, but I guess that's the substance or the quality of the podcast. If you yes. just joined us today, niggas keep it all the way 100 and keep it all the way real. Yes. Um, yeah, we're not computerized, disembodied voices coming to you um, from the ethers. We're people, we in a physical location and place, the house, uh, and yeah. that's just how that goes. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, Erica, who are you? My name is Erica Hart. She, they pronouns. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm a black mm-hmm. queer uh, sexuality <laughs> educator and uh, do a lot of work with Ebony around racial and social justice, which is also sex ed. It has to be under that umbrella. Um, but yeah, that's me. And and like Ebony said, we are in the house. Yeah. We record this. We Ebony pulls out the mics. Begrudgingly, begrudgingly. I don't do it begrudgingly. every week or every every week, Lord Jesus. Every time we record, and I know we're random with our recording, and we thought that we would be better during a pandemic, but that was a lie. I don't even know why we even said that we would be better Mm -hmm. in a pandemic. More productive in a pandemic is a lie. Yeah. Uh, That's word for your mom right there. That's word. Um, And we, you know, y'all support this podcast. So we, we really, 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 really appreciate all of the support that you have given us um, so far. And if you want to continue to contribute to the podcast in monetary ways or just sharing the podcast, both of those things make a difference. If you know people who work at big time podcast things and you want to share it with them, share it. Ebony hates what I said every time, but I don't care. I want this, our podcast to be on everybody's radar. I want it to be a household name. I want people to be sitting and shaking in their boots and have their big toe shoot up in their boot when our uh, podcast new episode pops up hell yeah that's what I want 
Um, and I want to reach every single black person in the world. So that's going to require y'all to share this. So if you would like to share it, thank you. And if you would like to contribute monetarily, our Venmo, it's like, it's not a hood rat to head rat Venmo. It's just my Venmo. But Ebony and I live together. We are partners, if you didn't know that already. This is my boo bear, my turkey, my lover, my chocolate drop, my chocolate dumpling. Um, the <laughs> Venmo is E-R-I-C-K-A dash heart H-A-R-T. This is a people sponsored and people powered podcast. So all of your contributions go directly to helping us sustain that. Yes. And those contributions are spiritual contributions. Those are by virtue of sharing, by virtue of even taking the time out of your day, wherever you may be in the world, um, to listen to this. I don't necessarily get irritated or annoyed when you say, um, does anybody, if anybody knows somebody from like a mainstream podcasting, um, hosting platform or a large production company, it's just that I understand the value of being an independent podcast. And I also understand that a lot of large mainstream podcast companies like Gimlet and the likes, um, make a great deal of their money from ad revenue and they could care less um, who those businesses are, who those corporations are. And so th- uh, the people who do podcasts for them, they have less flexibility mm-hmm. and less freedom in the type of content that they create. And I'm also keenly aware of just the the power of what we do on our own. I just, yeah. I don't believe I need anybody. And maybe that's something I need to work through. Uh, but I don't necessarily feel like what we have um, can't, propel itself to the level of reaching every black person in the world also think a podcast is only just one such vehicle Mm. of reaching people and i don't know how effective it is um in doing so Mm -hmm. i don't even know um the impact that podcasts have again i am not a huge podcast listener even prior to us coming up with this podcast which was actually erica's idea no surprise (laughs) um i hadn't i don't i didn't listen to podcasts then um i rather if i got something in my ear I'm, it's going to be some music or it's going to be a telephone call, um, a loved one voice, a friend, something like that. Um, I don't listen to audiobooks or anything like that. I don't know why. It just never appealed to me. So mm. I'm the wrong consumer and the wrong <laughs> podcast host to necessarily talk about uh, how to expand or what that would look like. But I'm clear that um, our desire to stay independent and our desire toward black liberation and reaching black people um, could definitely interfere with our ability to um, be a part of some big name podcasting hosting platform. Yes. Um, that will, by virtue of ad revenue, pay us so that we can continue to do this. Can't say a lot of shit, can't say certain shit. And I add to that, you know, what, you, what you're hearing in our voices is the zeitgeist, I guess. Like, you know, there's a video online um, that I haven't watched, um, but if there's videos online of black people, you know, being murdered or being killed, I apologize for the lack of trigger warning, but when those things are happening in the world and and you see it, you know, that's going to affect what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's important that people have that affect them and Mm -hmm. have them be somber um, in a lot of ways uh, mm-hmm. instead of being super desensitized to it. Like you have to get into work mode or you mm-hmm. got to get into podcast mode or like that shit. Don't, none of that 
in the grand scheme of things matters. Yeah. Um, it, it makes things seem also oh small and minuscule. Yeah. Um, and, and really drives home the point that we're at a, at a long ongoing, long standing genocidal crisis in this country toward black people. So when that's happening, it's a marvel that, you know, niggas can even kiki ha ha. Yeah. You know, anything, yeah. you know, or whether they at work or not. Yeah. You know, so it's a marvel yeah. um, that we're able to even do that on a good day, not just today, not just because of the latest events in white um, racialized white supremacist violence. So that's how I feel. So like, yeah. I think you should talk about more how you feel because I feel yeah. like we also go to a place of intellectualizing yeah. things and, mm-hmm. and yes I do feel somber and I don't necessarily feel like switching into some sort of podcast way of being to, yeah. to get the message out I just want to stay inside of my feels and still you record a podcast right yeah, uh, yeah. Like you said in another podcast that we just had, I don't know, two months ago or so, where it's black people die and then people theorize around it. People yeah. have lots of thoughts around it. And I just think it doesn't give a moment for people to even be in the ground or for people to mourn their family members or for the community of Minneapolis or even yes. Kentucky or Georgia yes. or across even Tallahassee today, which I heard about, like there's no, it's not a moment of mourning, you know, no. like I feel like I got to take two seconds to mourn and then I got to write a tweet that will actually move and shake white people to stop killing us. Yeah. And it never fucking works. I was thinking yeah. yesterday, there is not a tweet in the world that has had a white a person stop, stop killing black people or stop being, when I say, well, I don't think people understand when we say stop killing black people, that doesn't just mean murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that also means like the exhaustion that we feel when we come home because we've had to deal with your bullshit. Yeah. Like when we had, like I talked about on the last podcast, when a white person lived below us, how she would complain in the middle of the day that we were playing music at 12 o'clock and her baby needed to go to sleep. That is also a function of killing us because we yeah. can't fucking function. Yeah. We cannot function. Yeah. We can't watch the stupid bird watching without telling y'all what to do without you calling the police. There's no peace. Yes. There's no peace. Yeah. Yeah, like, and what somebody else said is like, you know, white people reach out every time some a black person dies. So crazy me, but every time a black person dies, a white person will reach out to me and say, you know, I'm just thinking about you. I care about you. Love you. Da 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 da. Y'all are not a safe space for me to talk to. No. That's not a, and I don't know who said that. I, I think that was a tweet from Kali Ma's stories. I'm just, mm-hmm. that's the best way I can cite it. I want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Y'all are not a safe space to talk to. Right. So it is, one, you contribute to our death. You do. It don't matter how close I am to you as a friend. It don't matter you've been in my life forever. It doesn't matter if you're my horrible neighbor that doesn't live there anymore but used to. It doesn't matter if you're the neighbor that's there now that gets on my nerves. It doesn't matter if you're one of my old students. Yeah. You contribute to our death. Yeah. In some way, form, or fashion, there is a way that white people, white institutions, contribute to our death on a regular basis. And I want all of the ways to actually be considered. Yeah. Every time, every time we die, that's when people want to take a little bit of action. Yeah. Not when, you know, your colleague told you they were experiencing racism anyway. 
when Lana Del Rey wrote that bullshit on her Instagram and it's still up and she's still at 16.5 million 16.5 million followers yes it had there's there's no there's no denouncing from her music company whoever the fuck that Instagram is Instagram didn't delete Instagram it Instagram didn't delete it the defense for it is still up yeah and people don't see people, the connection there's no connection there's no connection and that's the gag for me you know sitting in classrooms with professors who are racist sitting in classrooms with students who are racist and and you are being impacted on a regular basis and nothing happened yeah nothing happened ever yeah to the professor nor the students the students get to stay in school Mm -hmm. they get to keep functioning administration get to keep functioning Fucking asshole ass colleagues. I've worked with some of the most racist people. Yeah. And they never, ever lose their job. Yeah. Companies still standing thriving. Yeah. T-shirts and fucking Target. Yeah. Connected to that company. It's not gone. Glisten. (laughs) Racism, it is not, being racist is not, it's not a sufficient thing to actually mobilize white people. They don't give two shits. Well, I will also say that death um, and black people dying. It's not enough It's not sufficient. And I think I've always been less of a proponent for the rhetoric of stop killing black people now. I am, I don't denounce the rhetoric because that is valid. That's coming from a valid place. You know, that is a plea and a supplication almost mm-hmm. um, to the United States government, or really just to maybe toward white people, like stop killing us, you know, not just like you say in um, violent ways or ways that culminate into physical violence, yes. um, but stop killing us in, or being complicit in the perpetuation of our deaths Mm -hmm. um, on every level, Mm -hmm. um, including the interpersonal level. I think I'm not a fan of the stop killing black people thing because I'm like, we have to get clear on where we are in in the next phase of colonized anti-blackness and colonization. We have to get to the understanding that you're never going to be, we we got this rhetoric again around war and around, you know, COVID-19 being an invisible enemy, the visible enemy um, being, you know, white people and whiteness. And that's just the, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and they're an enemy in a war where there is no, um, other faction. There's no yeah. opposition. Black yeah. people are not the opposition to white people. Yeah. Um, or to anybody for that matter. Um, so I think it's interesting that people say to somebody killing them or to an oppressive entity who thrives off of your death to stop doing it. Why would somebody has something going for them that is that reaps benefits for them why would you ever beg them to stop killing you yeah if you were actually on a quote-unquote battlefield you wouldn't do that yeah you would have to lodge a defense yeah um toward that yeah and i think you would have to you 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 just would never be like you wouldn't do a die-in you know that was a popular thing i think in 2015 or something during a black lives matter movement where people would go and do demonstrations and they would do die-ins where they would all lay on the ground, you know, as a way to, um, you know, 
illustrate a point, you know, about stop killing black people. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not really with that. I'm not with, again, I'm not going to ask a white person uh, for a handshake, a high five, um, a podcast. I'm not going to ask mm-hmm. them an ad revenue. I'm not going to ask a white person <laughs> for anything. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely not going to implore them to stop killing me. It's my death or the death of people who look like me, black people, is going to be incentivized for them. Yeah. That's just, that's simple science. Yeah. That, that just doesn't make sense. It's the same thing. It's like, if you had a good thing going for you, like we were sitting on the porch and we was just theorizing, like, cause Tony Morrison says, you know, white people are morally bereft or white people have a really big problem when it comes to racism. Mm-hmm. And I think she said that on an interview with Charlie Rose, you can look it up on YouTube and I'll also have it linked here just so you can really get the whole world of that interview. And she was speaking, um, in a literary context around some question he asked her around, why does she only write about black people, which in of itself is a racist, violent question. A question that would not be asked of, of black people. But the thing about what she's talking about, about being morally bereft, is that she was so serious. Mm-hmm. And I think people gloss over it. Um, they gloss over it like it's a really witty, um, super intellectual thing to say. And I think a lot of the witty, intellectual, very eloquent ways that we speak about racism are glossed over in favor of the aesthetic. Yes. Not necessarily the substance and the meaning of what we say, because she's really saying that white people y'all have a huge, huge problem. Yes. One that cannot be uh, deduced to cognitive dissonance, unconscious yes. or implicit bias, or, you know, it was just a simple mistake or, you know, something of the past. She's like, this is deeper. Um, then I think people realize and I think what you why you start maybe started crying or why I cry about it sometimes I'm you know I'm in between testosterone shots so (laughs) the tears is not flowing for me it's turning into anger actually Mm. Um, so that's a consequence for me is that I get mad at things Mm. uh, as opposed to wanting to cry this is not the case for everybody or representative of of the symptoms or side effects of everybody on testosterone Mm. Um, but that's 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 where I'm at I think you know, I try to find ways to understand what's happening. And I also try to find ways to just be in that this is a genocide. And I think be very also what I'll say is that, you know, how when a lot of black, a lot of people say I saw an article in the New York Times say the sharing of black death or black trauma um, is linked to PTSD. I mean, <laughs> New York Times, I don't know where they've been at for the last 10, 15 <laughs> years. I mean, they just writing this shit like it's just new. Like, I'm like, oh. They hired a black writer an for that article? Piece. Let me look at the... Um, and then fired them right after. Exactly. Um, <laughs> look at the article, the date of the article, because this is a little strange. It's a little late. Um, no... No surprise there. But people always say, you know, oh, seeing a lot of violence, um, black people dying causes black people to be desensitized to that violence. Mm -hmm. But they never talk about how white people are desensitized to black people dying. And the consequences and the effect of that. And like Erica's like, why don't you said earlier, why won't they do anything? Like, why don't they see the connection mm-hmm. between Lana Del Rey um, being violent towards black films um, yeah. and using them to sell a bunk poetry book? Uh, <laughs> why don't people see 
the connection between that and another black person being killed yeah. by the police. Yeah. Um, why don't they see those two things as inherently linked? Yeah. And one causes the other or one supports the other continuing to happen. Yeah. Um, and the, I think the reason why well, I came, I posited is that, uh, so say, like I said, if somebody is giving you money or if somebody is always doing for you and doing shit for you and they just spoil you and you are met with every creature comfort that your heart could desire um, or they, you know, they give you they your, your crew, your clique, you know, they they ride with you. They roll with you. If you have a problem, you had a full force of those 10 people behind you instead of you just being one person in the middle of an argument or a conflict finna get your ass beat. You got right. 10 niggas behind you and they all, you know, ready to ride for you as opposed to this one person. Yes. Um, or you have, you know, so if you have that, why would you ever, even if you disagree with why you have it or if you feel that the privilege or the support that you have um, is unearned or the power that you have mm-hmm. is unearned, whatever um, moral or um, philosophical conflict, inner conflict that you may be having, regardless of that, you're still going to continue to take that. Yeah. Like you're never going to bite the hand that feeds you. And that hand for white people is whiteness. Yeah. Um, and I could say to, you could say, you know, what I write, like you, you're just going to continue to accept the benefit mm-hmm. of being white till you blue in the face, or you're going to mm-hmm. accept it until mm-hmm. it completely immobilizes you to do nothing more than write a Facebook status or mm-hmm. do nothing more than to write something on Instagram yeah. or do nothing more than to give black people money or to give Sean King, you know, 50, $20,000 per month, yeah. whatever the fuck this nigga be getting, you know, you're, you're going to, it's going to cause you to do less. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, you're going to be inundated with images of black people dying such that you start to believe in like their scholarship, um, called Afro pessimism that talks about the definition of blackness being anti-blackness being linked to death where you begin to associate blackness and black people with death and dying. Yes. And on the flip side of that is that white people, in my opinion, are beginning to associate these images not just to immobilize them and make them not do shit at all. Um, it's also making them more violent and more emboldened in their violence. Yes. And that's my opinion. Like, yes. I feel like <clears throat> the white people showing up to the Capitol buildings, yes. protesting COVID-19 or yes. um, a black congresswoman having to have a black, black armed, um, black people escort her into her office yes. because 500 white people with guns showed up to her yes. office. Where in the world are 500 black people showing up with guns at? Right. You know what I mean? So the fact that white people have the full force, the crew, the clique, whiteness, the United States government, the fact that they have the full force they of that full support yeah. behind them, yeah. they're going to be emboldened to do shit like they do. And they're going to be emboldened to do the shit that they do. And even the, the little interpersonal interactions, yeah. the touching of a motherfucking black person, the yeah. telling a black person, when a, calling the police on a black person when they tell you what to do. Um, all of that. The to pushing me, back on a black person when they tell you what the to do. The pushing back. It don't have to be it calling can even the police. Be a, a, the bank teller telling you what to do. Or you, know, just, or you telling a white person to put your mask on or to step back six feet yeah. and how they argue with you or how mm-hmm. you were standing in the line and a white person was told to put a mask on and she arguing with the person at the grocery store yeah. like, who was a, a latinx person arguing with the person who works there so <laughs> so my my thing is like that is the flip side of it, is that white people are becoming more emboldened so back to the whole stop killing black people thing i'm like 
I I am a threat and I want to continue to be seen as a threat. I I am. I I don't like all this these little graphic cartoons of, you know, we're not threats with the face masks and little black cartoon character with the face mask on and the face mask says I'm not a threat. No, like we are threats, black people. We are threats to a colonized state. In our very being, how, if you understand yeah. that slavery happened here, there's no way in the world you cannot say you are not a threat. Yeah. You know what I mean? You oh, may yeah. not be a corporeal threat to some, a mortal threat to somebody, to, to a white person, just by the very nature of you living and breathing. No, but who you are and your identity is a threat. And I celebrate that. I think I don't, I am not a part of no faction of nothing. Um, or no political movement of nothing that's like it is okay for white people to be violent towards black people and us say little shit like oh well you know their whole life shouldn't get torn apart I'm not with that yeah no yeah. Like I don't, and this is just Erica showed me something today. You can explain it about the murder. Yeah. Um. The what's his name? So Christian Cooper, the person that um asked Amy Cooper in Central Park uh to. Um, you know, leash her dog so he could, you know, continue bird watching because dogs in that bramble area of Central Park disturb um, the birds, right? So you can't actually bird watch them. Um, and she threatened to call the police on him because he said she said that she, she was threatened and scared by an African American. These are her words. Um, and then he recently, there's a post today. I don't know when he did this interview, but. Two hours ago on whatever day it is today, May 27th at 5.27 p.m., he said in the New York Times, "Um, any of us can make uh, not necessarily a racist mistake, but a mistake, Christian Cooper said. And to get that kind of tidal wave in such a compressed period of time, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. I'm not excusing the racism, but I don't know if her life needed to be torn apart. Now, if that ain't no house Negro type shit, Yep. That is, I, you know, what he has been playing for me over and over again is is uh, prototypes inside of slavery. Yeah. I've just been thinking a lot about colorism, so that's an aside, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I've just been thinking about how, you know, you know, a lot of scholarship says that, that the plantation is still here. It's just changed shape. Yes. Right? And the so the slave owner has whipped and barely killed your uh, your spouse or your friend or another slave on your plantation and you say oh you know what i don't know that they're like and then someone comes in the in the in the night another slave nat nat turner yes. fucking comes in the night and kills my ancestors and kills every <laughs> single slave owner in that house and that person says the others uh, other slaves say well and slave people say well they didn't deserve to die that is motherfucking trauma. Yeah. That is the definition of trauma. Yeah. Even people who've experienced physical, sexual abuse, so on and so forth, will say things like that uh, in, in response to the people who victimize them. Yeah. Oh, well, they didn't deserve to necessarily, they didn't have to, you know, sit in prison. I don't, I don't agree with prison, but this is the things that people say. I don't, and they didn't have to sit in prison for the rest of their life for what they did. And, you know, I forgive my dad for what he did. And I hope that he gets to get released and so on and so uh, 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 uh. Yep. That is trauma. You yep. gotta be kidding me. Amy Cooper deserved every single thing that happened to her and that will continue to happen to her until it stops in about a week. Yeah. Amy Cooper will have a new 
job. A she house, will continue. Find me. Also, the guy, the, you know, I know people are talking about it's not lost on me that this happened in New York and Amy Cooper is a liberal and claims that she's a liberal and all this, even though the company she works for is like Franklin Roosevelt uh, Insurance or some shit, which is a fucking colonizer insurance. Okay, but sure, you're a, re- a liberal and people, you know, connecting New York and the, uh, we've already made these points. Yes. I just want to say that real quick. Yes. That we have talked about this so much that it don't matter if you say that you liberal, you radical, you queer, you gay, you you disabled and you white, you're still racist. Yeah, it does not be. matter. Yep. You, it doesn't, it's just you, you benefit from a world of um, anti-blackness and based on racism, if you are white, regardless of your political standing and your identities, you have some racist tendencies and you benefit from racism. Period. period. Point blank. So to say <laughs> that she didn't deserve what she got, it's just, I don't know. Like I just... Well, it's classic black cis man. And well, I'm just we gonna, can go there with it too. Well, that's classic black cis man. I, I mean... Was, you know, when I saw it... Sorry, walking away. <laughs> when I saw it, my friend Liz, or our friend Liz brought it to my attention because I don't follow New York Times, I don't think. Um, brought it to my attention and I said, you know, I was waiting for him to be a black cis man. Well, right, because I, was- I was waiting because when I saw, I, well, I, mean, I knew it was black, right? Because, you know, African-American man and then people, I think mostly white people, and also black people started doing this black elitist elitism thing and uh, black excellence thing. Oh, he's actually from Harvard. And, and he's a burner. He's a burner. And uh, he has, you know, he's, I think somebody commented on my post uh, not too long ago, something I had like three days ago, that was like, he also, um, you know, works to diversify and make um, whatever the fucking comics, Marvel, queer. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Right. He could have been a homeless person in Central in Park. In Central Park, asking saying, her ass to put a leash on her dog, and she should have listened to him. And that's yep. it. It doesn't matter what sort of background he has, or the work that he's done, or some racist ass institution that he went to. I don't give a who. Why are we still talk to me about this real quick? We have said about Amy Cooper. We have set about police structures. Y'all not upset about educational institutions that are built on on slavery? No, they and, upset and never with ever hold themselves accountable. Right. Or we can look up right now how many black professors, how many black people go to Harvard. Right. That's okay. That don't you don't think that contributes to black genocide? Right. That they're still allowed to do that. I don't know. You go ahead. Didn't you tell me there was a class that cost fifteen thousand dollars at Harvard recently? Y'all was think that that's Harvard? Okay? Yeah, online. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was one of those. They're giving out free classes. Uh, that's not free. Well, some of them ain't free. Sorry, no, great, I'm, I'm a off. great deal of them free. No, no. I, I mean, I, I say it's classic black. First of all, about the, like you said, it could have been a homeless person. It also could have been a black person just walking, walking a dog, or just yep. diddly dawdling, and you know, maybe yep. just daydreaming, and just yep. was struck outside of their daydream and say, you know, uh, maybe you think you should, um, you know, maybe put the dog on a leash, or you know, it will. It's not lost on me that she was walking her dog in Central Park, which means she lived on the outskirts of Central Park yeah. and it also shouldn't be lost on you that Central Park used to be a predominantly black yeah. neighborhood that is no longer right. because the city of New York bulldozed it to make a fucking park for white people to be like Amy Cooper so yes. I'm just gonna go ahead and just leave that one yeah right we're there. gonna leave that right yeah. there for you <laughs> would the New York Times be invested in his experience of racism and be sharing it 
if he wasn't a birder. And but if they, though they started the article off about the fucking birding shit. Yeah, it does. Say. He's a prominent birder, and he's. Yeah. It's not lost on him that many oh, African American. He's queenly aware that many African American men have not forayed into the world of bird watching. The birds belong to us. The birds don't care what color you are. Yeah, guess who ca- care what color you was. <laughs> You wasn't videotaping the birds and the hummingbirds and the, the mockingbirds and how, you know, the different, the ways that they made. I believe it might be, you know, hummingbirds. It's some bird season, you know, mating season right now. You wasn't thinking about the North American fowl or the pigeons and none of that shit. You wasn't videotaping that. Yeah. So I guess my issue, too, is like you didn't want her life to be ruined. Yes. But something, and you didn't think it was a racist mistake necessarily, mm-hmm. but you filmed it. Yeah. What prompted him to film it? Yeah, and release it. And release it. Like, was that? And now you didn't want her life to be. You didn't think black people alone caused all of that. And it's we, a, you think yeah. white? You think white people had her lose her job? Let me just say yeah. that. What over the dog? Yes, let's just did. bring it back one more time. Yeah, every single white person that I have seen comment about this has seen to you know to add insult to injury. She's also choking the dog. Oh my god! Did you see what she's doing you to need the an dog? Insult for That's injury. Why they, huh? Huh? I'm gonna lay that there huh? too. Hello, can y'all? I wish y'all could see our faces. Maybe we should start recording how we do these podcasts. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Did they fire her because she was choking the dog or because she was racist? The dog definitely was why she got fired. We just all, let's all be let's honest. Just, come on. Everybody, be let's honest. just be honest. She was dogging that dog. And I'm not fun of that. But <laughs> she, she, she was doing that dog wrong. The shit out of that dog. That dog said, You better let me go. Yeah, she had that dog in the headlock. She really, she beat the dog ass. I mean, she, she did. really did. She gave that dog a run for well, How I first heard about it is my friend was like, A lady was choking her dog in Central Park and somebody started <laughs> videoing it. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> and it's not, I'm not laughing because she did the dog wrong. She did Clearly, we dog wrong. owners. Like, come on now. The baguette is annoying as fuck. Baguette is no, but it's also the, but the point being is that people care more about animal life as people. Yeah, y'all gonna get mad at us said. about this podcast because we laugh at I don't dogs. care about that. Yeah. Look, the dog is alive and the dog got taken back by the agency because yeah, there's also a stereotype. But there's a, but there's a stereotype that, bl- that white people somehow love dogs Ooh. more than black people. Ooh. But that's that's is what he him saying that in the New York Times was a slap in the face to all the black people yep. who galvanized in support yep. of him in order to get some type of consequence yep. um, put in place for actions that we know have no consequence. Yeah. Even when it is on tape, there have been black people murdered on body cams yep. and all types of footage yep. and video proving that. And it takes forever and ever for a trial just to culminate into a non-conviction for the person that killed them. Yeah. So why is it that it's it's about the people that we don't see? It's like you say all the time, Eric. It's like the incidences of racial violence that we don't see. Yeah, we gonna need a camera for everybody. We need to walk around a camera to, uh, with Lana Del Rey. Yeah, she's have a camera on her twenty four seven. Yep. You know what I mean? There needs to be cameras on every single politician. Nancy Pelosi needs to have a camera on her. Yep. So you can get the true word, but it's also like it doesn't even need the burden of proof is is always on black people, but we already have it. Yep. The burden of proof to prove racism is always on the person victimized. Yeah. And we already have it. Yeah. It's already clear. So why is it that a vi- why is it that people are so I don't know I guess I just feel like 
people flip flop between what they care about. It's why mm-hmm. people are so invested yes. in these videos. Like they're yes. just so invested in in let me. They're just so invested in it to the point where it's like we get excited and happy that she lost her job. Mm-hmm. It's half of the people excited about her losing her job argue me down about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Who has sexual assault allegations against him actively and the person who he victimized is speaking out against it. And, but a great deal of people are speaking out against her and her story is not necessarily being heard. And, and he, just, he just used black scent on the breakfast club. Talking and- about black people. I heard somebody say, you know, he, he talking about, oh, well, if you don't vote for me and you vote for Donald Trump, you're not black. And Simone Sanders, his um, campaign uh, manager or something, somebody who works on his campaign, mm-hmm. a prominent black person, you know, saying, you know, he didn't mean it like that. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. She's the same person that ran up on stage and acted as as if he didn't have a whole tackle, team of bodyguards and tackle somebody off who ran up to protest him. It's just the ways in which black people put ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we put ourselves, our whole bodies, physical yep. bodies, to protect white people. Yeah. Is some wild ass shit. It's some trauma shit. But we get to be called class acts. Yeah. People are saying white That's people are calling saying. him a they class act. more than that. But class they, act. He's an empath. Wow! After all of that, it's I don't just have it so right now. no. You are you're saying the world of it, yeah. You know what I mean? But that but they'll be the same people talking. About, oh, it was so sad. What happened to George Floyd? Yep. But George Floyd is not being a called a class act. Yeah. That's not the way that Breonna Taylor or Nina Popper. Yeah. That's not the way that black people who are who die are often described. Yeah. And also, why isn't Christian Cooper pressing charges on Amy Cooper? Because. <laughs> You should he be stepped, pressing she just, charges. She just stepped on his foot and choked the dog. <laughs> Would he have filmed it if she stepped on his foot? Yeah. That's a mistake. I stepped on your foot. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Oh, my. Oh, I bumped into you. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I didn't see you. Yeah. You know, people in New York barely say, excuse me, when they bump into you anyway. <laughs> Nothing to maybe get mad about. Mm-hmm. You know, I still get mad because I'm from California. That's disrespectful where yeah. I'm from. You don't bump into people without saying, excuse me. You know, you need to acknowledge people's presence. And I think, you know, just to go back to how I'm feeling, you know, classic. I am, as I just turned 30 last week, I'm in my first. Happy birthday, babe. Happy birthday to L. Hearns. Happy birthday to L. Hearns, who we have to call right after this. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's her birthday today, the 27th. But Gemini's. Gemini's season, but y'all ain't gonna hear this till. 28th that's so we're from the future or the past um but the i'm trying to really become i just had a thought today about like my masculinity and around like having it not be insecure or aggressive or you know have it be protective or to even or not even be so protective over it Mm. over my masculinity not to have it really dominate my lens on what is happening in life Hmm. and i feel like with black cis men i don't know if christopher cooper knows what happened to george floyd Mm -hmm. because he's commenting as if he doesn't know or or if he didn't know what happened in Mm -hmm. you know march to brianna taylor Mm -hmm. um it seems maybe he doesn't understand maybe the legacy of anti-blackness you know Mm -hmm. from um at harvard um or maybe he (laughs) 
You know, but it was something that he understood about the how vile yeah. and racist the actions that were taking place were. Yeah. And I heard in the video his this this very familiar shaking of the voice um yeah. when a white person, you know, says things, but I was very surprised when I found out, you know, that he I was actually surprised that he even shared it at all. Because yeah. what I find is that black cis men don't push a line on mm-hmm. white people. Mm-hmm. You know, I could probably say on everything I love, if it ain't, I've been on some video. Um, and that's that's often a place where black people, we get retribution is, you know, seeing a, a white person maybe get slapped on a video or something. Nothing really fatal happening to them. Yeah. Uh, but maybe they say nigger, say something racist, and maybe they, you know, get slapped. You know, mm-hmm. that's about the the only infraction that we can enjoy or they lose their job mm-hmm. or you know what else happened to Amy Cooper she lost her fucking job and she lost her job and the dog it. the and dog, just the dog she still away. lived near Central Park yeah so on. her landlord she still or whoever she paid yeah, she still maybe got a she house yeah, maybe she, she probably it. went to her summer home you live in, near Central Park you probably got a summer home yeah too. you know yeah. so she just you know people might um, and she got a spot on CNN have you ever been on CNN oh I haven't been on oh, CNN okay. yeah um, she got to talk and, and say she was yeah. she was scared and that's now why she did she'll it. probably write mm-hmm. a book about it and mm-hmm. you know Christopher Cooper will share the book and say you know we really learn from this situation yeah and Robin and, D'Angelo will do the forward yes and we just love each other us kids Kindred spirits, white cis women and black cis men. Um, you Talk know, I've never seen in my life, probably with my own two eyes, I haven't seen no, I don't see them really push hard lines. Yeah. I see them come out in support of, of white cis women and I see them, mm-hmm. you know, dating them and marrying them and being in love with them. I don't never see them push no line. Nope. I don't never see them be videotaping white cis women being like, hey, that's what I don't even nope. see them do that to white cis men. Nope. But I think what's bothering me today is just even the way that I feel like as a black trans person or black trans masculine person, how I'm treated by black black cis men. Woo! Um and Come how on. black cis men will push a line on another black person. Come on. They'll push a line on a black femme. Come on. Um before they push a line on another black cis man for perpetuating um some sort of white supremacist fucked up um, way of thinking about black films and black people mm-hmm. um or they'll push a line on a, a on another brother yeah um you know or period a black people black person of any gender they'll push a line mm-hmm. on or try to dominate before they ever say anything they'll be so mum mm-hmm. around a white person i think i see that often in gentrified neighborhoods where mm-hmm. you know the aggression is now towards the black people who you see mm-hmm. um maybe a new face maybe they move from a different borough or a different part of brooklyn or wherever they from you know maybe they just immigrated here from um nigeria or from mm-hmm. uh, the west indies wherever they may come from you know they're looked at crazy mm-hmm. as a new person mm-hmm. or there there's some suspicion or scrutiny around their movements and their actions even our neighbors uh we live in a, a, lo- a neighborhood with a, lo- a great deal of black cis men actually um and there's a great deal of you know jeers and um maybe just strange looks you know but the white people they go around almost like ghosts mm-hmm. almost like they you know mm-hmm. translucent skin mm-hmm. you know they just go around mm-hmm. um unnoticed really unseen mm-hmm. unfucked with um maybe they arise a little bit of, arouse a little bit of suspicion but not as much as black queer people do yeah um and i think that is all all part and parcel of the privileges that black cis men get by virtue of their um, inherited beliefs around masculinity. 
uh, where it's like my neighbor, you know, uh, said that I backed up into his car when I had a rental, which I didn't back up into his car. He lied. Erica's looking at me because I'm telling the story because it just bothered me. One, that he lied. And two, that I'm from California again. You know, I'm from East Oakland. So we speak to each other. That's a cultural norm here. And I understand New York. That's not always the case, but no. it depends on where you at. Uh, but what I'm finding is that, and I even asked Erica this question. I said, when people are rude to you, is it ever not based on positionality? No, it's not only is somebody rude just because maybe that's their disposition? Or is it always somehow charged or maybe even racialized or maybe even, mm-hmm. you know, it has some more to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I felt, you know, even before the incident with the car where he lied um, or even him not speaking to me or sometimes speaking to Erica and Erica could speak to her own experience um, as a person who is misgendered as a woman and um, who is gendered as a woman or who people, you know, even look at as a film and say, you know what, that's somebody who I feel comfortable talking to, or I'm talking to you with a string attached. I'm going to yeah. say hi to you yeah. and you better say hi to me back. If you don't, it's going to yeah. be an issue. So just thinking about all of that, I come with all of that today on yeah. the podcast. I come with all of that. My trepidatiousness or trepidation <laughs> around doing the podcast is just, you know, seeing that person and seeing a couple of my other neighbors, black cis men, and being like, you know, I really wonder if y'all know it's a genocide happening that black people are being killed, or do you just want to move your cars, three um, luxury cars, back and forth on the block, on a gentrified block? Do you just want to, like, play, um, like musical chairs with your cars in different parking spots <laughs> in a street that you don't own or like and you don't but have the, a garage but what for I keep that. telling you well what I keep t- it's a dance for me with black cis men it's a dance because mm. there is the trauma that we all carry it's not just that black cis men carry you know and I see people black people posting saying like oh god I'm playing I'm praying for black men you better also be paying play, praying for black films they're not like you gotta <laughs> cut the shit today yeah. when you're talking about how black men are somehow victimized more than black femmes. It is not the case. It is not true. It could, couldn't be further from the truth. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about the trauma that we all carry around the very infamous story. And also, it's, it's not only one Emmett Till story. That's just the one that people yeah. know. There's many Emmett Till stories. And that person, isn't, did she just pass? Or is she still alive? Who? Caroline, what's her name? I believe she may what's still be Bryant? living Bryant. She's still alive. You know, she, she said that Emmett Till whistled at her. And inside of Jim Crow laws, that would have cost him his life. And then later in life, she wrote a book and said that she lied about it. Yeah. That that lives for all black people. Yeah. How white women will victimize themselves to literally get some sort of result to be seen as um powerful. That's yeah. essentially what they do. It's like I'm going to I'm going to use my victimhood as a woman so that you can be treated like shit or killed, right? Yes. And that's what Amy Cooper did. That's what Caroline that's Bryant what Bill did. Been that's about what Bill Hooks has talked about. That's what Bell Hooks has talked about. Black cis men are are ruled by that. Yeah. Right? If there's a I have there's a white girl that lives next white I don't know their gender. There's a white person that looks femme to me that lives next to us, lives below us, around us. I don't ever see them being talked to in any particular way when they walk down the street. No. I don't see that. And no. it, honestly, if they ever screamed or yelled or say I'm gonna call the police or don't talk to me like that or blah blah blah. It would, NYP would bend a cone up. NYPD a, is already near our house anyway. 
anyway. So yeah. they would just, you know, come up. <laughs> they would, they would run. Flash, they would go on foot. <laughs> A flash. So I know that yes. blacksmith men are ruled by that. So that is a dance for me inside of what Christian Cooper said. And then there's also the other part of me where you're talking about like blacksmith men are at the highest numbers killing black trans people on a regular basis. Yes. So black fans period. Are, and trans. Yeah, yeah, that's said black trans people. Mm-hmm. So here I said, here I here we are, Christian Cooper saying, Oh, I don't you know, I wish, you know, people didn't have to be really tear apart like that. What huh? And there is the same care. The same care does not exist. So I just, it's trauma. And it's also for me, I can, I can hold space for your trauma, but I'm also really pissed that you said that. I don't think uh, I can hold space for it. Can, that, that could probably be my own. That's my own stuff around my own interactions with black cis men, because the way my neighbor treats me or the level of suspicion or lack of regard around my body or my partner's body or my life as black people in a a rapidly gentrifying neighborhood Mm -hmm. that to me is also connected to we are not going to be able to really lodge a defense against white people we're gonna have to just keep begging them to stop killing us Mm -hmm. my body don't matter to if my body as a black person doesn't matter to another black person Mm -hmm. it strikes me as um liberation lost mm-hmm. like that is a huge missed opportunity yeah. for us to lodge a defense yeah. um against what against and a genocide or for us to at least have some type of collective understanding that my nigga like you don't have no parking spot that you own here and there may be a reason why babe what let it go i'm not gonna let it okay <laughs> i'm gonna let it go i'm gonna release it for myself yeah but the point being is that you i'm being serious like you want to be something, you know, you yeah. want to gallivant as yes. something you want the material things or you, you want all of these things to make up who you are inside of your personhood as a, as a man, quote unquote, you know what I mean? And that also includes being suspicious of people who you are taught to be suspicious of, which are the black people. Yeah. And it's also, <laughs> it also requires you holding space for white women's victimhood. Right. So you, he couldn't have gone on there and said, you know what? Amy Cooper actually contributed to George Floyd dying. Yeah. Actually contributed to Ahmaud Arbery dying. Mm-hmm. Actually contributed to Breonna Taylor dying. Mm-hmm. That he would, he would, I would be so profoundly moved if that was echoed, but I would be shocked to my core. Yeah. That he said that. He also, he works for Marvel. Yes. <laughs> he That's went to Harvard. <laughs> like, this is somebody, like, we talk about intersectionality. Right, right. He's sitting at some intersections that provide him lots of privilege, but also and have, um, have trained him how to operate around white people. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think that to me is it's sad. So it makes me sad. Yeah, it makes me sad. It doesn't make me because I'm you know the pie in the sky hotel um, hype dream of you know all black people being together and that's really pushing a line on white people know. and you know their 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 aggression and belligerence toward black people really. Uh, being challenged um and it really was challenged um by the people on twitter black folks um who came to his support and to his aid uh, but that challenge and that resistance was met with 
um, coddling of white people's feelings. Yeah. It wasn't met with, thank y'all so much. Mm -hmm. And I really actually appreciate all the time during a global pandemic that you took doing some minute um, investigative work on my behalf um, because you already know that that she would have suffered no consequences. She would have been able to uh, possibly continue to do this in the part to some other black person. Yeah. And we don't know how that would have ended. Yeah. Um, and if that would have ended fatally. So instead it was just the same old, same old shit. Yep. The same old, same old lack of regard. So mm-hmm. I think I am, I, I think it's a genocide. Like I keep saying, I don't think it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1950, the United Nations, the black people came before the United Nations and they charged the United States with genocide. And I think, you know, it has to be, the charge needs to be made once more. Yeah. Um, and I think white people are chicken shit. They don't really do anything. Um, I think they really, they, what they do do is they say, what can I do? And you know, that's going to probably, it's so crazy how you do so much work and some pe- black <laughs> people do so much scholarship around, um, anti-racism and we do so much work, you know, in order to get, in order for the world to change, in order to uproot the scourge of, of white supremacy in all the ways that it iterates itself in our experiences of being a human being, whether that be in our dating experiences, whether be that it, whether that be in our experiences at work, whether that uh, be in our experiences of healthcare, whatever that may be, black people are working and striving to improve the overall um, and to reinstate the overall value of a human life, um, even as our lives are threatened. Black people are constantly trying to make that happen and do that. And we we do webinars, we do motherfucking whole speeches, and we do classes, and we do uh, just so many yoga classes, whatever black people are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, well, all these different levels of liberatory work, writing all these books with all this like mm-hmm. critical scholarship over maybe four, three, four hundred years, and mm-hmm. um, the books are still widely available and circulated. Thanks some in of them large are free. part. Some of them are free. Thanks in, in large part to black people. Yep. So much work, time, effort, energy, often unpaid, unthought of names that you don't know. Not the Sean Kings and the other snake oil salesmen of racial and social justice on the internet. So many names that you don't know. They do all this work, and the question after all the work they did was. What can we do? <laughs> I didn't tell you the definition of yeah. of whiteness and, yeah. and how racism was the formative basis for race and how Caucasian is not a real thing, so we need to retire the term. It was in it was a fake eugenicist way of uh, codifying people into different groups. Yeah. Um, white people don't descend from the Caucasus Mountains next to Turkey. Actually, well, I'm giving you all that, mm-hmm. and you say, "What can I do?" Oh wow! I'm not like that. I don't mm-hmm. do. I'm not. I uh uh-uh. uh. That's Amy not Cooper, me. Uh, uh, I'm not Amy. Cooper. I cannot believe I've never done or never seen yep. the likes of a uh, racism in my house. I, it won't be tolerated. Yep. Out of all of that, we get what can we do? And like I said today, that that's a racist question. I got that. I got the world to that today. To ask somebody, a black person especially. What can I do after all of that? Mm-hmm. If a house was on fire, would you ask what could you do? No. Or what would you do? You would call the, the fire department. Yep. The tra- thing, the gag is, Ebony, their house is not on fire. Yeah. Just ours. Yeah. Their house is not on fire. Yeah. It's not. 
They want to pretend like it is. I'm sad. This is so sad. I'm down, blah, blah, blah. No, you're not. No, you're not. Cut it. Yeah. I just think that I don't. That's why. That's what I'm coming to. That's how I feel. This yeah. whole podcast. This how we feel. That's how I feel. Yeah. I don't feel like none of it makes a difference to white people, and there are a great deal of people of all races who spend a lot of time around how white people feel, mm-hmm. and a lot of time on how other white people feel, and they they get to write Facebook statuses, and they get to call their black friends, and you know they get to really ruminate from a seat of comfort Mm -hmm. you know nothing is too that you always say well why don't they make these connections why don't they want to really do anything Mm -hmm. and you know they don't want to trade places no nobody wants to trade places seriously with black people nobody really wants to be subject to the same level of violence yeah if we meet this violence with resistance why would we if we see black people dying every day and and their bodies being put on the internet uh, with no respect and regard for their families or their spirits, mm-hmm. um, we don't want that. Like mm-hmm. you said, you don't see white people's bodies on the internet. No. You don't see. You don't them see dying. Madonna sharing uh, a video of a black of a white person being killed by the police. You don't see Madonna or just sharing even that. Not- or any videos of black people on Madonna's page. I don't see mm-hmm. none of that. No. I don't care what you what kind of black children she has, which I, I they should mm. CPS should be called. Yes, because she's also oh. said many racist things. But yep. I do want to read something um, by an author um, um, in a book called "The Scenes of Subjection" by. Sadia Hartman and she wrote that she chooses not to reproduce Frederick Douglass's account of the beating of his Aunt Hester in Frederick Douglass's autobiography um, in order to call attention to the ease with which such scenes are usually reiterated the casualness with which they are circulated and the consequences of this routine display of the slave's ravaged body rather than inciting indignation too often they immure us to pain by virtue of their familiarity. The oft-repeated or restored character of these accounts and our distance from them are signaled by the theatrical language usually resorted to in describing these instances, and especially because they reinforce the spectacular character of black suffering. It's all spectacularized. Yep. It is all yep. part of the inter the 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 next level of entertainment value of that black people provide. Yeah, it's not just the TikTok dances being stolen. Okay, okay, they don't get the connection to that. It's not just the TikTok <laughs> dances being that stolen. Connection. It's not just Lana Del Rey saying, you know, I black people um black films keep talking about having sex and cheating and mm-hmm. fucking fucking as she put it yeah you know it's not just her speaking in those terms and instagram um saying that this is something okay to share mm-hmm. uh, but deleting an account of a black person who creates uh the free black women's library in brooklyn deleting that account mm-hmm. um by some happenstance yeah. Uh, yeah. that that's th- yeah. those things yeah it's not just that but it is the it is the it is our deaths. It mm-hmm. is the the nature of them. It's the celebration of them, but the celebration is it looks like sharing it. Yeah. Um. It's the celebration that that's not me. Yep. 
And that could never be me. It's the, you know, I, I really don't think their life should be torn apart. I really forgive them for that. And, yeah. You know, we need to all get along. White people don't have it so bad. We need to give them a break. I saw a TikTok that said that. Um, wow. You know, I think, you know, or, you know, let's leave Chloe alone. You know, <laughs> somebody put on a TikTok that I was on, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm not messing with her. She messed with her own face. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Shit, I really thought it was somebody else. She's, I wasn't like, babe, she's black or um, um, Armenians are not white, babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what they fight for. Well, you know, like I said, whether or not you know Armenian people, I talk about being choosing whiteness. People choose whiteness. White people, white different um, groups of European people have chosen whiteness. Um, as part of their assimilation into Western United States American culture or into, uh, actually, I don't even really buy into that no more. Whiteness is just, it's way before immigration to the United States. It's way mm-hmm. before this country got independence. Mm-hmm. Um, the formation it's of whiteness. It's not new here. Yeah. It's not new at all. It's not new nowhere globally. Yeah. How do you think we got? How do you think we have a, a United States? How do you think we have mm-hmm. a France Lots and of a Spain? Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Lots right. of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where I'm at, and that's how I feel. And I, podcasts are not, you know, I don't give, I'm just not gonna fake the funk. Like, it's not that black people suffering doesn't deserve for me to be on a podcast with an attitude with pauses in it. What do you mean? Like that, the, the black people suffering. I, like I, I'm that black people. I'm not gonna act like black people suffering doesn't warrant me being on a podcast with an attitude or with yeah. pauses and the yeah. dog barking and the shit ain't right and whatever the fuck. It's just I don't care about that. I think mm-hmm. I don't care about mm-hmm. that. I think it's gonna be plenty more Amy Coopers. Yeah, there have been plenty more Amy Coopers. Already been there. There mm-hmm. already been Amy Coopers. You paying attention now or what? Yeah, you paying um, attention now because it was on video, right? <laughs> And I think there are a lot of, even our conversations, like you said, around even the black people who do die from police violence, they are from a white lens. Mm -hmm. You know, even the violence, not from from George Floyd to Christopher Cooper. Mm -hmm. Um, How many times have we seen, um, you know, black, young black films, children in classrooms, you know, videotape. Mm-hmm. head slammed on desk and yep. they're not on CNN yep. and they're not being interviewed by yep. the New York Times yep. they're not birders yep yep. talk about it so they are mm-hmm. not considered among mm-hmm. who we need to care about white people decide for us who we care about yep. which black people matter which deaths matter yep. which deaths get um, uh, a room in a news cycle yep. they decide that yep so I think it might be high time for black people for us to stop saying stop stop killing black people. Mm-hmm. There has to be something else, some more language. Yeah, yeah. That is informed by they won't stop and they're killing us is lucrative. Yeah. Um, and it only benefits them. Yeah. And maybe they'll get to answer Toni Morrison's question one day of the problem. Yeah. That white people have. And white people begin to ask themselves, "What is our problem?" Yes. 
And not just asking white people on the internet who you could do the, the different close friends and the different subsets. But they're not groups. asking each other that. They're asking black people that. I Their know. favorite people to follow. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Can I join the movement? Can I be an ally? Can I be an accomplice? Can I? Fuck all them words. Who cares? And it's also high time for. Can black I be people. a part of it? Can yeah. I'll I'll do it if you'll have me. Somebody wrote. I said you do gotta what? be kidding me. I I I'm I'm not like that. I'm a white person that really cares, and I'm here if you'll have me. Where are that. you? You on the comment section? Right. This is the internet. This is the internet, y'all. Y'all got. It's the comment section. The internet it can, is is a uh, good, beautiful tool, yeah, so and it also will just it mobile completely <laughs> mobilize you. Like I'll hear if y'all have. Yep, we'll take you, Karen. Yep, we'll take one for. Uh, take also, one Karen. I'm tired of this Karen shit too. I'm sorry, it's not the Karens. It's the Julias and the everybody else. <laughs> don't make it. A, don't don't have it be a caricature, a, a caricature, or like an archetypal white person. Yeah, it's the Joes, and I also I've always had the feeling that Ashley people are not pushing a hard line on white cis men in favor of the punishment that they can easily meet out to white cis women yeah i feel like white cis men really get let on the radar white cis men are the people who people defend to the death to be their president and they don't fucking argue with that shit one bit but let a white person amy klobuchar wear a a ugly crusty boxy pantsuit and we talking on shit about amy klobuchar old robotic ass (laughs) but not joe biden racist one foot out the trailer park just glorified <laughs> removed ass Vermont come on now we're not talking about Bernie people no. like, we're not talking about none of that <laughs> talking about he don't, talking about, I don't care what black people talking about mm-hmm. all white people white people who don't want to vote for black people not racist that's what Bernie Sanders says out his mouth yep and now y'all want to sit up here and be sad when another black person die yep you're not sad. You're not it's sad. It's something else. You it's have to investigate else. your emotions you and your feelings like out. me and Erica trying to sit up here and figure out yep. and struggle to And black people are toiling and struggling trying to figure out how we feel. But y'all mother, uh, your people who are not black, y'all is not sad. Yep. And I'm going to have to be honest because if you were sad, it'd be over. It'd be over. Right? Yep. It would. I, it that's would my thought. If they, were, if they were sad, it would be over. Let me think about this. When white women were so upset, Donald Trump said, grab them by the, by the pussy, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why the women's march happened. Mm-hmm. And because he's an accused abuser. That's mm-hmm. why white women came together and marched all over the country because Donald mm-hmm. Trump was going to become president. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is still president. How many black people have died since Donald Trump has been in office and how many fucking marches have happened? Yep. By uh, organized by white people, right. so you clearly know that that is an action to take. Yeah, right. You got you. They were so big; they were almost bigger than the civil rights movement. I believe that they were some of the largest marches ever. Mm, I don't know about that. No, no, no. I think that the stats said that they no, were okay. I don't well, believe, whatever. I don't they were huge. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. not small. Martin, and they were all over the country. They were not small. The civil they rights movement more years than them. I understand that. I'm, mm-hmm. I, that's the skewing the number. Oh, sorry. They trying to skew them numbers. They 
you know, now, but you get what I'm saying yeah. though. My point is, is that they mobilize these big ass marches against some stupid ass white president mm-hmm. because of something he said and because of something he did. Valid, but y'all are not sad about black people dying because when you were sad about Donald Trump becoming president, you did something. Well, not it only, ain't, yeah. you're not doing anything. But even with the whole conversation around a sexual assault and Me Too and being yep. sad around that, yep. but yet Joe Biden is yep. being. Uh, I've seen people say, "I don't care what he did. You don't care about the person who he assaulted. You nope. don't care about nope. their story. Nope. You don't care about justice or vindication nope. for them. Nope. What their life has been like to see this very popular person nope. who assaulted them become vice president of the whole country. Like." You don't care about all of the backs that have been built on that to build a United States presidency structure. You don't care all about the sexual all assault of the that sexual happened. assault that happened in order to have that happen. Anybody saying I don't care that Joe Biden sexually assaulted somebody is literally it is all a function. It is perfect. But what do we do it's about perfect. Donald Trump, Eric? Exactamente. What but do we what do? I'm He's going to win. It's perfect. It's perfect mm-hmm. inside of the cog machine, like you say, that is machine. the United States. Yeah. That is the same thing it's all built on the same shit of course you don't care if you care about a president then you don't care about sexual assault ain't no way if you care about a fucking president being elected ain't no way you care about racism ain't no way you care about black people dying if you care that much about a fucking president who cares you get what I'm saying ain't no way you care about that Ain't no way you believe so much into some bullshit uh, of structure. There's a whole pandemic happening right now. And they want to sit in some fucking office and vote. Yeah. Y'all want to vote about how people can be taken care of? Y'all want to sit by and watch people die on a regular fucking basis? 100,000 motherfucking people and the New York Times print it all out and that's supposed to be noble? Yeah. Why, why government offices sit and don't do shit? And I'm supposed to have some faith in them. I'm supposed to debate back and forth about who should be president. Why? So you can do more of nothing? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. I don't have no time for this. This is that's it's just oh. <laughs> I think we can I think we might can end on that now. And you get what I'm saying? I get what it's, you're saying. I, 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 hold space for black rage i just i'm not gonna silence myself or tone police myself which is what i do living in this country and me i'm tone police my whole life that is it i'm i'm enraged truly like ain't no other way to put it yeah you enraged and i'm a threat yeah. I'm a threat to That's the system. It. I'm not fucking with the system. I don't want y'all be sitting up here telling me, uh, having me do no dying. I ain't lying on no ground. Who did a dying? Who's organizing? I don't know, but I'm not doing it. I ain't lying on the ground. I'm not. I'm just not finna do it. I'm not about to be like it is okay for white people to act with abandon, um, and and take human lives. I'm not finna act like that's somehow made okay. And that I need to be in fear of white people. I'm not afraid of a motherfucking thing. What was that tweet you read me about? Somebody say it's not exhausting being black. It's not. I'll read it. People, white people were mad about that. Let's I just feel like this is decisive. Divisive. Yeah, you're divisive. And I just feel like you know we all have to come together. Yeah, yeah. You saw what like, coming together got us 400 years of yeah, forced labor. Coming together. I'm trying to fucking bird watch, and you calling the police on me. Being black is not exhausting at all. White people are exhausting. That's what they do. Exhaust others. Exhaust resources. Exhaust themselves and their obsession with dominance. 
Whiteness is exhaustion. There's more. Hold on one second. There's not a day I wake up and lament my blackness. It's magnificent and full, truly. It holds me. My blackness doesn't need uh, uh, need to oppress, deny, harm, exploit, take anything from anyone or any place. It is not lack, not emptiness of any sort. That's white people's affliction. Dana White. Dana yep. Vivian White. Yeah. White people want... It's all the space. They want to take up space in classrooms. They want to take up space in your life, in your black life. They want to uh, take up space in physical space. If you've ever seen, um, it is always white people that I see on it. For example, on the subway who put their feet up on the chairs um, and kind of spread out, got hella bags. It's always taking up a lot of space. And that's also what Amy Cooper was doing was taking up space by having her dog not on a leash so then the dog could just run free, right? So that's more space that you're taking up. And what Eb is pointing to with our neighbor is like black cis men operate in similar ways. They just want to take up as much space as they can um, and they do so dominating black people. Black cis men never take up a lot of space amongst white people. Right. Ever. I've never in my life, and I think that's what you were talking about Yeah, too, that's what I was pointing seen to. Seen a black cis man try to take up space amongst white people. I have never in my life seen that. And the reason why I bring that up is because it just... It, it's the next phase of the conversation. And mm-hmm. the conversation on the internet is not elevating to that level. No. Mm-mm. And I think that no. that has been my frustration, you know, in thinking about being 30 and being transmasculine or identifying as a man and and what that means for me during a genocide and what that means for my black body in a space, my black trans body in a space mm-hmm. among other black people where I want, I feel like us being together is lodging a defense against yep. white people. But yet I'm not regarded as a human being that deserves to have a place to live mm-hmm. by my own neighbors. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm somebody who just for some reason, you just don't like me. Mm-hmm. You just made up your mind that you didn't mm-hmm. or that you don't need to speak to me or that you can mean mug me you or whatever the case to may the be. Freedom at, to, to the little bit of freedom, the little bit of power that he has on the block. But it ain't about the car. It's bigger than a parking spot in him. It, it's, it's bigger than that. It's power. Because even before I, that incident ever happened with the car, even before the incident ever happened, his whole disposition toward me yes. is that of, and I just feel like, I don't know, it's just, it just feels like I said, it's not normal or natural for me to see black people dying. I, I'm not desensitized to that, but it's also not normal and natural for me to see us not being a community. Yeah. Um. It just, it just strikes me as more of the same. It strikes me as the project of colonization working as it's designed. So why, in similar ways that we talk about white people and the ways that they treat black people, and then somehow they get into relationships with black people and romantic friendship otherwise, do we get surprised when they start being racist? Black cis men are no different. Yeah. You know, like there is all, there is a a intercommunal conversation that it's not just all community buddy buddy like mm-hmm. black femmes have really held down black community yes it has not been a black cis man and if anybody no. thinks that that is a myth yes it has never been them yes. so and and that has a lot to do with the state the police state and has a lot to do with their inclination to want to whiteness yeah you know there's a, a tweet or a meme or something going around right now that says white people i 
see your, I, I see I, non-black people of color or white people, I see your silence or mm. your silence is very clear. It's, but I'm like, I see y'all silence all the time. Yes. <laughs> Not just in internet. I don't need, I yeah. don't need you to start, you know, sharing resources and, and talking about who and who to follow and what book to read when we die. Yeah. That's too fucking late. It's way too late. When Lana Del Rey had that whole rendezvous in her post, that was the time to say something when uh, that was the small preventative that was window, the preventative of, time. window yes. of time mm. and you know to, to talk like directly even even to you know as black celebrities use their clout and wealth privilege and resources to to have conversations about police brutality as a way like you said to remain relevant it was also a time to call out fat phobia when P. Diddy was an asshole to Lizzo. Right. You know what I mean? Like, people are not, y'all are not activated. Y'all are not activated in the same ways about 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 things that lead to death. Right. But be, or also the people who are at most risk for harm. Nobody's going to call out fat phobia or P. Diddy is not going to call out fat phobia within himself or no other celebrity is going to lead that charge because we don't care about when fat black people die. Yeah. I mean, Breonna Taylor died and we have to keep bringing that up. Yes. Like Breonna Taylor was for all intents and purposes a fat black film. Yeah. So it, I don't, you, that people aren't seeing these connections is what's infuriating to me. And I don't even know, no, shade that it's just white people no it's not but i think mm -hmm. what you said was important is that one white people aren't leading any social movements and and it's like it's it's not like you said earlier it's like the women's march that was the only time where you really saw um white people attempting to lead some type of social justice initiative and even that was a a pilfered stolen idea Um, from the Million um, Women's March in Philadelphia, the Millions Black Women's March. So the the issue is that white people are not going to do... White people aren't going to do anything but the thing that they see as the path of least resistance. That's right. So they are going... And, and the issue is, like, black people, we can't win for losing. We can't catch a break. On the one hand, you have white people who are not about to do anything, but then you also have, like I said, the racial and social justice snake oil salesmen who benefit from white people not doing nothing. Yes. Because they are then the receptacles of white people's n- nothingness, yeah. nothing-ass... contributions like they give them money they follow them they talk about them at nauseam um and that for white people takes the place of doing anything um, substantial um that takes the place of them actually saying you know what i'm going to not wait until an incident of racial um aggression and violence culminates into a fatality i'm gonna be doing this at work yeah I'm going to be out in the streets all the time. I'm going to be making sure motherfuckers got their jobs lost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be making sure that rent is canceled. I'm not going to be telling. I follow X, Y, and Z person. That's right. Like right but now. But that's what it replaces. That's what it becomes. Your activism is then on. The work that you do is then on the internet. It's again, it's visible. It's so yes. people can see you doing it. So you can be the good white person. But when the doors are closed, when the, the when you at home with your whack ass husband or whoever, like you are not having those conversations. But You're not talking to them. They're not. But it's <laughs> also like we're beyond the phase of conversation. 
we're beyond yeah. the phase of conversation yeah. like it is not we are at a crisis point yeah we've already been at a crisis point i've never known no crisis this crisis this is like rwanda this is like yeah 10 15 years yeah of the same killing of black people yeah. and if you see that white people aren't activated around that i think that's really just telling yeah. that it benefits them there's no other way to explain why they wouldn't be called to action yeah. or even their call to action now in Minneapolis. Minneapolis has been um, known. It was some index, a national index, a national survey done around racial equity. And Minnesota was the lowest state for rec- racial equity. Mm-hmm. It had the worst track record for racism and racial equity. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, Minneapolis included. That is a very traditionally, historically racist place. Yeah. It is yeah. like we we spoke at a school in Minnesota and it was like fucking going through hoops. You could you could have thought, you know what I mean? I was doing America's Got Talent, the mad singer or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the negotiations, like, oh, we want to make sure the students talking about, oh, we looked Erica up and I don't want her to be top. It's just yeah. so ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ridiculousness that and that is connected. Yeah. Like we it's it's it's. So that's my thing. You got white people in Minneapolis now activated around this. They outside marching or they looting or whatever the fuck they doing, but they not doing nothing else. And they haven't been. Yeah. You got the absentee black celebrity on one end that black people have to contend with. Yeah. You got the Chris Rock shilling and bidding for doing Cuomo's bidding. Yeah. Um, or issues that have no bearing on his life. And then you got, you just got white people. You just got them. Yeah. You just sharing, got them. Sharing posts. Sharing posts. <clears throat> writing posts. Yeah. Talking about all they learned and not realizing the cost at which that knowledge comes. Yes. Oh, I learned so much from you. I could really care less. Yeah. You know, and it's no shade. I just don't care about yep. that. Um, because it's everything that a white person has done thus far in this country has been woefully ineffective. Even Mayor Jacob Frey, the mayor of Minneapolis, you know, being praised for saying that the officer should have got charged mm-hmm. or should be charged. I'm like, you are not you want you don't get no cookies for doing what's right. Yeah, that is how just morally decrepit our society is right now is that we are excited about a mayor of a racist ass city saying oh they need to be charged if that was me i uh, if i if i was the one who got killed they would have been charged but you weren't the one who got killed dear right you, you also are, allegedly have the power to do something about it. Well, you could have. I know you hold hands and kiki with police officers all the time. I know you're not standing for the police state to be uh, uh, abolished. I know you're not doing that. No. So what's good? He didn't even specify what the charge should be. So that's again what I said about white people being ticket shit. Motherfucker ain't saying blatantly out their mouth. Nope. You know what? They need to be charged with murder. Yep. He's talking about they need to be charged. With what? With what? What happened? It's what like they do? today I came across, it's something that we've said too, but I came across our friend Naya who was talking about coming for white people. And because white people say things like, I'm sorry for my race or I'm um, I'm so ashamed to be white. Things that just literally make no difference whatsoever. They make no sense either. And she was saying that I don't know one white person that would put their life on the line for me. And I feel like we need to bring that conversation back. There is not yep. one white person that would put their life nope. on the line for me. Nope. There's nope. not one. I don't know one. Well, I know. No. You can name one? I do no. not know no, one. No, I can't. Well, what I was going to say is 
you also have it's level says babe you you're not a black you're not a black cis man yeah. So in the event that you were harmed in any in the myriad ways that you've already been harmed, yeah. no, you're going to be the last person who people come to, whose yes. defense they come to. That's correct. You know what I mean? There, uh, countless black trans people have died. Yes. Countless black trans people have died. Yes. And nobody has been held to account for that. Yeah. These these white um queer run nonprofits who at one time said they're not talking about. I remember you uh, recounted experience at Glisten where they told you that they weren't going to talk about black trans women dying. They mm-hmm. actually refused they to talk said about those it. Words verbatim. Still getting opportunities, mm-hmm. still got clothes and Target, yeah. still getting money from these same white celebrities yeah. who cry every time a, a black cis man dies on the internet. Like, yeah. You're gonna be the last person whose defense they come to, and my thing is we don't really need that. Yep. I don't want no white person to die for me. Nope. I don't give a shit. That's that's <laughs> it's just these little sort of um, interesting rhetoric that I see that's trying to that's embedding itself into conversations like around racial and social justice these conversations that always kind of center white people what they doing what they not doing how they feeling having unreasonable expectations if somebody (laughs) benefits from a police state why do you think they're gonna jump to your defense when this police state does what it's designed to do which is kill black people that's right or not solve black trans people's murders or contribute to them in the carceral system contribute to black trans people dying in custody all the time it's true. So that 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 little it's still giving white people that savior power. Yeah, it's still putting it in their hands. It's still saying, you know what, I, I stop killing us. It's still some type of plea or supplication. No, I don't think that that statement is a plea or supplication. It's just stating stop facts. killing black people. No, no, oh. no. That what I said originally is that there's not one white person oh, no, that would fact. give yeah. up, the, would put their life on the line. I, yeah, I, be, I truly right. believe that if a black person was being harmed by in the street, which has happened, like mm-hmm. it don't matter if it's police brutality or just a something violent happening. White people are not stepping in the way and putting their body in the in the in the way of defense to have the action stop happening. Well, maybe if it's something you know, a camera or some type of glory, That's some type correct. of cloud to be had. Mm-hmm. If it's gonna be shared on TikTok, if it's gonna go viral, then yes. yeah, yes. Anything that's gonna go viral, they're on top of it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like it's the and it's also that other end, that insidious end of of just like in the 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 forties, fifties, and sixties and seventies, where white people began even at the top of the civil rights movement began to inject themselves into black people's movements and began yep. to decentralize and destabilize those movements with their money. Yep. Using all of these different diversion tactics to pacify black people and black leadership. Even when people talk about Martin Luther King Jr., how he used to learn from these two whites, man, I don't even know their names, like how he first started learning about movement organizing. That's all BS bullshit. But those are things that people talk about. There is still a way that white people are being positioned. They're positioned not just as the victim, they're positioned as the saviors too. There's a problem and the solution. That's right. That is how it's looked at. Rather than they are actively participating in genocidal violence um, and they're complicit in it. And that's it. And that that's it. And that what we're not, we're not asking for nothing, but for y'all to petition the state for reparations like y'all stand for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Like you campaign for Bernie Sanders and you sit on Reddit and and Elizabeth Warren, like you sit on Reddit all day and NPR and the comment section of all these articles, like that's the work that they do. 
Yeah. That's the extent to of, of, of white people's activism. It is. It is on the internet. Yeah. It's not in the home, to your point, and it's not at the institutional level at all. No. Because what would they stand to lose, including their lives, if they reckon with the the way the reckon with what they have done and what they participate in doing, and by virtue of them not doing shit, what they allow to continue to happen? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a direct culmination or direct result of the of the internet in a lot of ways it's it's the sensationalizing of black people's deaths you lose and you miss so much yeah um it's like right now we don't white people talking about i need to go and and be at target or or looting or whatever sitting in the street or something getting praise for doing a bare minimum little protest little gestural shit like the officers have not been charged. Mm-hmm. They have not been charged. These officers, and I'll read the name. That's another thing. They want to say her name and say his name and all that shit, but they don't ever say the names of the white people who who harmed or the or the perpetrators of the crime. So I'm gonna say their names. So the officer who actually was the one depicted in the video directly, um, his name is Derek Chauvin. Still hasn't been charged. Has been fired. Then the other officers named Thomas Lane, Tao Thao, and Jay Alexander Kim. Those are the names of all the officers involved in George Floyd's death. So I, I really implore people that those are the actions to take. You know the names now. You know what's good. And I also want to call to people's attention that what's happening in Minneapolis right now is the direct, is the work of black people. Yep. It's the work of black people Mm -hmm. in Minneapolis who've been pushed out via gentrification to the point where people are surprised that there are black people even in Minnesota. Yep. Forget them just being fired. They need to be charged with murder and they need not doing no type of investigative work around that. There's a lot of investigative work that could be done right now for the police officers in this case Mm -hmm. and the police officers in countless other cases and the names of black people who you don't know because you don't care about them on a regular basis the ones who are alive. Because these actions have been there I mean there are organizations that are working and have been working since the beginning of the pandemic to cancel rent and there has been Silence yeah. from white people. Yep. Silence. Mm-hmm. So you speaking up now is way too fucking late. Yeah. It's also this isn't the first person to be killed by a police officer. Yes. So did you think it was gonna stop after the last person? Right. You thought it was gonna stop after Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery after you right. ran. You thought it was gonna end. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like. Why do you stop? Why do you stop when you don't see it? (laughs) Yeah. Why is it that you stop posting? You stop talking about it. It goes back to business as usual. Yeah. You don't connect any other dots. That for me concludes that it is just performative. Yes. Because you're not nowhere else when anything else is happening. In 2012, the New York Police Department killed a black woman, Chantel Davis. In 2012, people don't know Chantel Davis's name. Right. People don't know that that actually happened. People right. weren't mobilized around her death. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. What white people deem important yes. is oftentimes what other people deem important. Yeah, that's the word. Even other black people deem that's important. That's it. That's that. That. Yep. So then they'll begin to start also engaging in a performative way mm-hmm. of of 
of being inside of a genocide. Yeah. They'll begin to think that this is something else. Yeah. That this is some type of other opportunity, an opportunity for them, yeah. and not an opportunity for black people to be free. Yeah. And not an opportunity, an opportunity for black people to be free from violence and death. Yeah. It's you an know? opportunity. It's period. an opportunity. That's it. It's not an opportunity to actually shift anything. No. Okay. Please include some links about Sean King so people stop asking me. Yeah, I will. <laughs> All right. But yeah. No, but that, that, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing else to say. That's, that's it, period. I think I'm inside of this white supremacist notion. If you notice me, my facial reaction, it's really just me being like in thought where I have fallen into the rabbit hole of what can white people yep. do so there's a fix. Yep. Not that they're going to actually do anything because yep. they're not. They're yep. not going to do anything. And it's also and the conversations about them not doing anything is, oh, we're entitled. And, you know, they're all, Fragile. you know, white people is on, online talking to each other. Now uh-huh. I'm talking about finally, yeah. you know, after the 17,000 black person being killed. That police, now they're online. Now they're talking to yeah. each other. They say white people or us and all yes. this. We and all that. <laughs> using no I. Don't use that. Don't use no, no, no I. I statements. I'm noticing no I. Ain't going to be no I <laughs> statements. no I uh-uh. statements. I noticed that. Ain't gonna be no eye statements. We, us, white, them, them others, <laughs> not like them. Family members, <laughs> uncle, cousin, brother, mother. You. They're not like... talking about that and they're talking about they, the conversation's not elevated. No. They're talking about how they still got privilege and entitlement. Good and night. that's why Amy Cooper did what she did. But like you keep saying, and we keep bringing this up about the Lana Del Rey thing, because y'all really don't, y'all don't, y'all see that as pop culture. Yeah. Y'all don't see that as a part Racism. of y'all political. But my gag is, you, wait, they said, what about Amy Cooper? They what? was like, white people have entitlement and uh, to things. Uh-huh. And that's why she did that, because we all, as white people, have a sense of entitlement. Okay, they do understand that they are all Amy Coopers, right? That they do that on a regular basis. That it's just not recorded. I don't know if <laughs> I they just understand. Need to drive that. home that white people do what Amy Cooper did across the country all the time. Yep. There is a deep, deep desire, and I have said this on this podcast, in our webinars, everywhere. Yep. That there is a deep desire for white people to control black people. Yep. And it is ancestral. How we talk about from? we got ancestral trauma. How we can't lay down and rest for a second and take it easy and stop working. That is directly linked to being from a, a history of cattle slavery. Yeah. They don't think that they carry some ancestral No, that just, slavery just happened to us and we're the only people And that's the same have, as police brutality. Yes. It's the same. Say that. It's the same. Slavery only happened to us and police brutality is only happening to us. So their only job is to kind of bring, put together the resources. And, and the coronavirus, it. oh yeah. Black it's only people happening to us. Yeah, so we're disproportionate. Mask yes. off. Yeah. I ain't seen one it. white person tell another white person to step back, be six feet apart. Or put your mask on. put your on. mask on. Not one. I saw a Medium article, white person had 15,000 things white people could do about racism. Follow this. Ray, read this. Call this. Per- you saying white people listing what they've learned mm-hmm. at what cost mm-hmm. is nuts to me. Like I'm still my my core has been shaken by that. I'm just sitting here thinking about that because you they get applauded for it. Mm-hmm. Here's how much I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? It's changed nothing. 
It's, it's totally nothing. It's done nothing. Ooh, it's done nothing. And at I the think cost of what? We die, same like social work school people talk about. All all educational institutions do this. Social workers, they talk about it all the time because that's essentially what they're studying is, is pain and, and trauma and who's always at the intersection of that as black folks. And they're studying it all the time at the cost of what? Right. But what like, if all of that went away? What would happen to social work? Right. But he, like Sister Soldier said, we're not talking about pathologizing and looking at the trends and the patterns of racialized white violence. Nope. We're not pathologizing nope. and doing little nope. documentaries. Nope. But Netflix ain't nope. publishing no documentaries. They publishing documentaries about yep. um, Centoya Brown, a documentary that's still on Netflix, yep. still has not been taken off of Netflix, but white people still asking, what can I do? Yep. Santoya Brown said was uh, um, unlawfully damn near incarcerated for half her damn life. And and it's told that and said, I don't want a white person doing a documentary about my life. I did not approve it. And Netflix still approved it. It's still on there. It's still generating income. White people, there's so much to do. I just came up with that. This ain't, it's just it's things still, to it's do. Simple. It's That's simple. like when you in the house and your mom be like, it's dirty in here. Yeah. <laughs> Where? Where? I thought uh-huh. I cleaned up. Mm-hmm. How convenient. How convenient that you couldn't see what was dirty. But because you made the mess. You. Ooh. That's it. Sean King, 2020. 20, 20. <laughs> At the end of it all, I find myself somewhere between the Afro horn and Sonny's blues. Like I'm Harry Dumas, James Baldwin.